Hey everyone, happy May 2010. It is Katie with my real talk here. Coming at you with a little bit of, what is our topic today? Our topic today is short sales. Boy, I like that topic. You guys listen to a lot of shows regarding short sales. Um, I wonder why. I wonder if it's because short sales are so popular in this marketplace. Could be. Anyway, myrealtalk at gmail.com is where you can write into the show. Or, of course, you can always give me a call. And that number is 602-476-1942, number to the office. So just sitting here with my coffee, browsing through a couple of articles, thinking about what I wanted to talk to you guys about this month, and short sales just keep on coming up. Um, but let's let's go at a little different angle here. I usually talk about what short sales mean to the seller, 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 seller's market, all this kind of seller stuff, and we don't really talk from the buyer's perspective regarding short sales. Now, since they're getting a little bit more popular and they will continue to, this year, I feel like maybe we should focus a little bit on the buyer end because um, for every sale, there has to be a buyer and a seller. And uh, without discussing it from the buyer's perspective, we are certainly cutting out that end of the market. And I want to make sure I educate all of you. So buyer's perspective, buying a short sale. Well, first off, what is a short sale? Basically, a short sale means that the seller's lender is accepting a discounted payoff to release an existing mortgage. So just because a property is listed with short sale terms does not mean that the lender will actually accept our offer even if the seller accepts our offer. So what I try to tell my buyers and when I educate them regarding a short sale is there's really two steps to the approval process and here's what it looks like. We go in, we see the house, we decide that's the one that we wanna buy. I do a little bit of research for you. Well, if you're working with me, of course, that I do. Um, And we'll get to that in a second. But as far as the offer is concerned, we present the offer to the seller first. The seller has to agree to our price and our terms. And then we submit to the bank for them to agree to approve the transaction. So really a two-pronged sort of uh, approval process here want to make sure that I get that out of the way before we move forward. So as a buyer, what type, what kind of research are you doing? Well, if you're working with us, with with my team, what we would do on the back end is first interview the listing agent because guys, 99.9999999% of the time, it is the experience level of the listing agent. Do they know what they're doing? Do they know how to get it done quickly and effectively? Do they have the paperwork and the systems in place to get this done? Are they going to ethically negotiate the short sale for the buyer? Meaning, are they only going to play with one buyer or are they going to play with everybody who puts an offer in on the property? These are very, very important things to get out of the way at first and very important things that your buyer representation and you have buyer representation, right? Your buyer representation really needs to be doing this for you, you guys. So first and foremost, we're doing the listing, excuse me, we're we're, uh, interviewing the listing agent. We're doing that back-end research. Then you should look into the public records. You really need to do your research before making an offer to purchase. Your buyer representation can find out who is on the title, 
whether a foreclosure notice has been filed, how much is owed to the lender. These types of things are really important when determining how much to offer, how to structure it, and really in having a projection um, as to whether or not you think it's going to get approved or not, whether or not you're going to move forward and actually have a house to live in. You also want to know how many loans there are on the property. Because if this guy, the seller that you're dealing with, has six mortgages, you might as well just go next door because you're not getting the house that has six mortgages. I'm sorry. The listing agent can be Superman. He could have done a thousand short sales. But once you start getting into the multiple, multiple mortgages, it's really difficult to get them through. It's really difficult to get them approved. So again... Make sure you hire an agent with short sale experience on the buyer end that is representing you. And then when you're researching your, your listings, when you find a home that you're looking for, you really need to have your, your buyer representation, your, your, your agent, really, really interview that listing agent because it is just a strike up against you right out of the gate if that listing agent has never handled a short sale. Or if your own agent has no experience in that arena either. I mean, you really just need experience on both ends here. What else? Well, it's probably a good idea for your representation to also qualify the property and the seller. A lender is unlikely to agree to a short sale unless the seller has absolutely no equity and is unable to repay the difference between the sales price and the existing loans. Typically, a seller needs to provide a hardship letter to the lender and many sellers owe taxes on the amount of debt that is forgiven. Here in Arizona, we do have anti-deficiency laws that protect the majority of our sellers. But a lot of times the sellers may owe something. It may affect them, um, you know, regarding the amount of debt, debt that is forgiven. So the sellers, and again, this isn't your job. This is why I'm telling you hire a listing agent that has some experience the seller needs to be aware of that because picture this fast forward four months you get to the table you've done all this work you've gone through your inspections your appraisal's been ordered yada 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 the, the lenders have given approval letters everybody's gone through all this work we get to the table the seller has to sign something that states they may owe taxes against the amount of debt that is forgiven they stop dead in their tracks. They don't sign it. They foreclose. You don't have a house. So these are very, very important things that your representation needs to think of and get out of the way up front. What else? Well, it's, it's pretty important during the approval process to submit documentation and the purchase offer, or the contract rather, that documentation to the lender. Once the seller has accepted the offer, the listing agent, and hopefully they're experienced, has to send it to the lender for approval. Now, of course, we don't have a deal until the lender accepts and is willing to release the seller from, from this debt. It's probably also a good idea that you send the listing agent a copy of an earnest money deposit. And a lot of times an earnest money deposit is not required until the bank actually approves the transaction, even though the seller has already signed it. What I'm seeing a lot of now and what banks are really liking and sellers and buyers are also liking are earnest money deposits up front. Seller accepts 
And just like in a normal sale, you go and you go to the title company and open up the earnest deposit. That is showing the bank that is looking at approving your offer that you're serious and that you want to move forward and you're not going to walk away in a couple of weeks. Because, of course, it takes a little bit of time to get these things approved. And the lender doesn't want to go through all that work only for you, the buyer, to bail on them in a couple of weeks, and then they have to start all over with somebody else. So offering an earnest deposit up front and actually sending that receipt to the listing agent is a wonderful idea. You're going to want to look into that. What else do we have? Give the short sale lender time to respond. Oh, this is a big one. A lot of times, and you know, I deal with a lot of buyers, and as a buyer rep, I always educate my clients and let them know, okay, guys, we're making an offer on a short sale. You're looking at three to four months rule of thumb before you're going to know if you have a house or not. Buyer always says, yeah, 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 we understand. We still want to move forward. However, two weeks down the road, they're wondering where the approval is. Guys, it's so important that you give the short sale lender and the listing agent time to do their thing and to respond. There is so much that goes into approving one of these transactions, especially on the bank side, that one week, two weeks just is not enough time. A lot of my buyers say, well, why are they sitting on their hands with my offer in front of them waiting? It's not necessarily the case, even though it may seem like that. They are doing BPOs. They are processing financial information for the seller. They're making sure they've got their ducks in a row before they approve this thing. So you want to make your offer contingent upon the lender's acceptance. Of course it is. And give the lender a time frame in which to respond after that time frame is up, after that expiration date and time, you will be free to cancel. There's also some verbiage written into certain addendums in the, the Arizona Purchase Contract that give you some contingencies and some ways out as well. You'll want to discuss those with your buyer representation. Um, if it is not us and it has not been brought up to you yet, you'll certainly want to bring that up to your buyer representation. You will want to make sure that you've got the contingencies in place. Um, they are boilerplate in the Arizona contract regarding the inspections. Generally, a lender, you know, the banks are not going to pay for anything for you to fix. They're not going to pay if you have termites. They're not going to pay if the roof's caving in, if the AC doesn't work. But it is extremely important that you as a buyer understand what could be wrong with the property and what you may need to fix. It's also extremely important for you to go through the inspection period so that you know if there are any issues that your mortgage company might have before they give you the money to put up on the house so that you can move forward and purchase. You know, I don't really have a whole lot of time here. If I could sit on this uh, on this recording, you know, for three days straight, I could probably tell you all of the ins and outs of a short sale transaction, buyer end, seller end. There's a lot of information. It isn't all black and white. There's a lot of case by case. Um, so what you really need to do, and the best thing that you can do for yourself, whether you're a buyer or a seller, is get yourself some good agent representation. Make sure that they're experienced. There's all kinds of um, little designations out there, SFR designation, which, which here on my team, we are certified. There's CDPE. There's a couple of different ones, you know, that escape me right now. But 
it's a very good sign if your agent, if the agent you're working with, whether you're a buyer or a seller, has taken some time out of their day, out of their business, to go get themselves some education and to get one of those certifications. Uh, you will find things will go a lot more smooth and efficiently when you've got somebody working for you that knows what's going on. So this concludes today. This concludes our little session here regarding things to look out for when you're a buyer of a short sale. Again, get your representation in order. Make sure they're experienced. You can call us anytime, 602-476-1942. Write into the show, and that is my real talk at gmail.com. Katie Holly signing off here. It was great talking with you. Have a good month.